All right, mic check. Is this thing on? It is. Let's get into this. Welcome, everybody, to Tide Talk, episode 18. I'm your host, Nighttide, and uh, we are we are winging this thing. So in previous pre- in the last episode, we talked about how Tide Talk was going to be updated. So every Friday night, essentially, we were going to be making a new episode. And, uh, and guess how that turned out, guys? <laughs> guess, guess how well that turned out. Uh, we ended up having a promo for a game called Earthfall this past Friday, and it went late, and I did not have it within me to stream or to, to stream or to record the podcast after that. And this was the first chance I got, which is actually Monday before my stream, to be able to do this. Nevertheless, I'm here, guys. I'm here for you. I've missed you. I've missed talking with you. It's been a good week. Um, we, we've had... We've had some some cool life stuff happening. And first, for, in, in life, we're gonna we're gonna keep life short. In in short, life is good. Um, it's I feel like life is always just me talking about my kids because they're just going through so much um, and so many changes, and uh, it it just it is what it is. But we had a birthday party for my youngest son um, this past weekend. As, as he's gonna be turning one soon, but we're gonna be on vacation, which is something else I got to talk about in Tide Talk. Um, He's, we're going to be going on vacation during his birthday. So we decided that we were going to have a birthday party the weekend before, and it turned out really well. Uh, some weird craziness happened. We, there's a, a crazy storm. One of the coolest storms I've been in a long time. And yes, you did hear me say coolest storms I've been in. Cause I love storms. I love them so much. I love it when rain is pouring so hard, you can just hear it and it drowns out everything around you. I love the flashes of lightning and counting to see how long it's going to take the thunder to, to go after the lightning flashes. And I don't know, there's just something about storms, but being safe inside that uh, are very calming yet awesome. Um, they definitely have their destructive abilities, but I guess it's me kind of appreciating the raw power of nature whenever I see those types of things and whenever I experience a crazy storm. So yeah, it was a little nuts, but the party went good. We lost power, but the food was already cooked, so there was no real real damage done there. Everybody showed up, and then about halfway through the party, the power turned back on, and life was good again, and it was just a fun party. Got to hang out with friends, got to hang out with family, and uh, and my <laughs> my youngest son, he he had... Uh, for those of you that are that are parents uh, of of kind of the last I don't know five or ten years where this like stupid thing called a smash cake has been has been uh, brought about, usually you just you know give a kid a slice of their cake and see what happens, right? Or you spoon feed them cake as to not make a giant mess. Well, apparently it's been fun to be able to, to create memories and take pictures of of you know a one year old child, basically. Just going ham and, and just destroying either their own quote unquote smash cake, which is exactly what it is. They want to smash it or, you, you know, you give them something else to kind of smash. Well, my wife and I did the smash cake thing for my, my older son when he was, uh, when he was turning one and it didn't go the way that you might think. Like he wasn't super into getting all his hands into it and all that kind of fun stuff. So this time around, we got a cupcake, just a very simple cupcake with, you know, just some simple frosting on it. And he, my son does this thing where he's almost like, like he has like what I call like the turtle bite. Like it's like a snapping turtle where like if he's really hungry, he like just like, he like reaches out and like snaps it. Like he leans his head forward and snaps at it. But, but whenever he doesn't know what it is, he leans forward and kind of sticks his tongue out a little bit and just kind of like touches it. And then he recoils immediately, no matter whether he likes it or not. He has to recoil and evaluate. So he sticks his little, little head out and he puts his little tongue on the frosting and recoils, recoils and like makes a face. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I want that. And <laughs> picks up the cupcake that we got him with both hands and just starts devouring it. And it's it's actually one of the coolest things uh, to see him actually just interact that way, especially when I literally had to take my older son's hand and like put it in the cake for him to understand what he was supposed to do. And even then he still wasn't super into it. So I don't know, fun times, fun times, but good things with life. Kids growing up and, and doing well. I'll tell you what, my... My older son this week has continued to push buttons as he as he always does. I tried a new uh, disciplinary tactic. I pulled on my football roots, and I basically uh, basically my son my son talked back to my wife this week in in a very not nice way, and uh, and told her to shut up, which is is not something that flies with me. So I I heard about this while I was at work, 
And on my way home from work, I told my wife, I said, make sure that he has his shoes and socks on, uh, or rather his socks and shoes on, whichever way you want to put them on first. And uh, I said, you know, just make sure he has the socks and shoes on when I get home. She goes, why? I was like, because I'm going to do something. She goes, uh, okay. I get home. He doesn't have his shoes on yet. He's got his socks on. I help him put his shoes on. He's like, where are we going, Daddy? I said, I'll tell you when we get there. Okay, you're my best friend. I'm like, yeah, you're you're going to think I'm your best friend too after we get through with this. I, I promise you. And my wife's like, what are you doing? And I basically told her while he was in the other room, I was like, I'm going to go and run him until he can't run anymore. She goes, what? <laughs> I said, I'm going to go run him. She goes, I don't know if I'm okay with this. It's hot outside today. I was like, it'll be fine. We'll take a bottle of water. It's not going to take that long. Just trust me. This is what we're going to do. And, and I'm drawing back from my good old football roots, guys, where, where part, of, part of what is, is involved in, in becoming mentally tough and mental conditioning, which is, is just as much a part of sports as, as physical conditioning, is at the end of every practice, and again, you athletes will know this, but at the end of every practice, we would do what's you know conditioning, some form of conditioning drills. One of my favorites, but also least favorite drills, were more mental than they were physical, where you would basically line up on a line, right? For In the context of football, you'd line up on, on a line, and your goal was to basically sprint five yards and then set up on the following five yards, so a total of 10 yards. But you had to do that on a cadence, and we had to go up and down the field. And the cadence could be on one, on two, on seven, right? And the coaches were trying to trip you up. But it's really not that hard. All you have to do is count how many times they say hut, you know. But the whole point is that you're tired. You've already been through practice. It's hot, especially I grew up in Southern California. It was always hot, no matter what you did. You're in full pads. You're, you're pouring with sweat. You probably haven't had a water break in a little while. You're just ready to be done. And it's so easy for you to just let your mind go, let your mind wander, and, and completely be off. But... Where the learning occurs, where the mental kind of toughness, where that, that mental molding happens is in those moments. So I, I pull from that. I pull from that. And so I basically took my son. I took him down to our local high school, and I took him to the football field. And I basically just told him to run because of two things. One, I knew that he just probably had so much energy that he needed to get out. He's a three-year-old. He needs to get energy out. It's like his purpose in life when he wakes up is to just expel energy, eat food, regain energy, sleep, grow, and then do it again the next day. Right? So half the stuff he does, he he's... I don't want to say he's not in control because I don't. That gives him a free pass to be bad. But like he, he really just has a lot of energy that he has to figure out where to put. And as as parents, I feel like it's our job to help him put that somewhere. Well, he clearly had way too much energy if he was going to talk back to his mom and think that he was going to get away with it. So we went down to the football field and I basically lit, lined him up on the five yard line. I told him to run to the twenty yard line and come back, and he was very happy to comply. The first like fifteen times we did it. <laughs> And then, you know, of course, it was hot out there, and he's like, oh, Daddy, I want some water. And I'm like, okay, get some water, you know. And so we, I got his water bottle, and he's drinking some water. All right, go run some more. You know, run and come back, run and come back. And eventually, I got to a point where I started asking him questions every time he would come back. And I said, all right, you know, are we going to be are we gonna be nice to Mommy from now on? Yep. Do we say the word shut up? No, that's right. Why don't we say it? And he couldn't, he couldn't get that part. That was the part, the why. The why that we didn't say shut up was the part that we really needed to focus on and to dial in. And at first, I was using terms that were, that were above his mental grade, right? I was saying, you know, because it's, you know, it, it's, uh, I can't remember what I said at this point because now I'm so ingrained in it because I asked him the question so many times. But I basically got to it, well, you know, is, is that nice or mean? Is saying that nice or mean? He goes, it's mean. I said, exactly. And are we nice or are we mean? He goes, we're nice. I said, okay. So if we're nice, we don't say mean things, so we don't say it because it's mean. And I basically would just send him out on a, on a sprint, which progressively got shorter because <laughs> towards the end, he w- he basically stopped running and started walking and said, Daddy, I want to go home now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, as soon as you answer these questions right, we're going to go home. <laughs> and he, uh, and he, and he eventually got it right. He eventually was just like, yeah, you know, is, do we say shut up? No. Why? Because it's mean. Cause originally he was saying things like, because I wasn't listening, which is like his de facto reason why he gets, you know, punished in general is cause he's not listening. And so he's like, cause I'm not listening. Well, no, no, no. It's not cause you're not listening. It's cause, 
saying shut up is mean. We don't do that. And then we, you know, and then when he finally got it and he, and he got it, I sent him on one more made sure he got it. And uh, then we went home and he was totally happy. Like he, he didn't even think he wasn't even processing that as a punishment. You know, he was just kind of processing that as a learning moment. And I felt really good about it as a parent because I didn't yell at him. I didn't have to scream at him. You know, we got some energy out. We had a positive experience where now he understands, you know, to, to a certain degree, you know, that we're not supposed to say that. And he has yet to say it again in, in the house. Uh, and when I asked him a couple days later, I was like, you know, why don't we, why don't we say this? And he goes, you know, cause it's mean. He obviously has retained that now to a point where it's not going to ever leave his brain again, hopefully, at least until, you know, we have to have the next correction. But the thing is, is that, you know, he's three, so he absorbs stuff from, he absorbs things from, you know, from TV and from, from YouTube and YouTube kids and whatever, and hearing people talk, right? And it's your job as a parent to be able to guide that, you know, guide that and, and you're never going to shelter them from everything, no matter how bad you want to, right? But you, you, you have to make sure that you guide them, right? And make sure that you, as much as you are trying to do so within your capability as a parent and your ideology as a parent, you have to mold them to make sure that they're hopefully a good human being and, uh, and doing things that are right and, and not doing the things that are wrong. And so it's, uh, it's been really cool to see that that had a good effect. So now I'm kind of keeping that in my back pocket so we can use that in the future if we need to. And, you know, sometimes we maybe just take him down to the football field and have him run a good bit just cause, because he seemed to enjoy it actually. And it doesn't have to be about that. But the fact that we got that extra bit out of it seemed to be good. My wife was stunned when she came home, when, when we came home, cause she was like, where did you learn that? I was like, football, <laughs> sports. She just kind of laughed, but it's true. There's so many things that you can take away um, from sports that you, you maybe don't realize. And I think that's in a, in a lot of reason why I, even though I, I, how do I put this? I never enjoyed football as much as I think other people did. I didn't enjoy getting hit. I didn't enjoy hitting. I enjoyed competing. I enjoyed being physical. Uh, and I enjoyed the, the routine and the conditioning of my body and mind. And I feel like there's, there's things about, you know, having to follow through on a commitment uh, there about, having accountability about being accountable to other people that really help to shape and form your mind as a human being. And, uh, and I'm really thankful for that. So anyway, so that was, that was kind of some fun stuff that happened in life this week. And who knows, parents, if you want to give that a go, go, I, I think I've described that in enough detail where you might feel comfortable giving it a shot. Just take your kin and go and run the crap out of them. Why? Because it helps. <laughs> It helps to get some energy out, and two, uh, it allows you to to do some mental conditioning as well as some physical conditioning. So yeah, it was interesting. So uh, that being said, uh, media, media this week. So like I said, I played Earthfall. Uh, Earthfall was not a new game to me. I did play that I think a couple months ago when the the alpha first or the early access came out, uh, but it was on PC, and my PC was having a very hard time running that game. I actually upgraded my graphics card to be able to run that game and to be able to play it. Well. It has been a couple months, and they have since optimized that game, and my, my PC was able to run that game flawlessly. They have done a phenomenal job of polishing that game, of adding some additional features, um, of dialing in a lot of things, and one thing that I give it a lot of credit for is that it feels very smooth. It's a nice, smooth shooter. There's very few games on the, that are kind of forged on the PC that feel good to me. Uh, as as kind of like a, a controller shooter or even as a mouse and keyboard shooter where they're just smooth. They have lots of flow to them. Um, and and it just really captured that very well. Uh, and the gameplay was fun. So I played it I played it with uh, with Mr. Joker and uh, we had we had a good time. Uh, we had Undead Hooligan popped in there too. And so we were playing with Hooli for a little bit. And yeah it was just it was just a fun a fun time hanging out and, and hanging out with some good dudes and uh, and some friends and just you know blowing away some aliens. I played a level that I hadn't played before and uh, we ended up getting through it and it was, it was cool, right? Like it, it kind of has this left for dead thing uh, that I really enjoyed. So I don't know, man, Earthfall was definitely fun. If you're a fan of left for dead, I think Earthfall is going to be something that you could really get behind. Um, especially it's just like a couch co-op, just kind of really fun, you know, let's go at this and, and kind of doesn't matter how many times we do it. We're just kind of here to shoot some aliens and have some fun, right? I think it's a good, it's a good, good game for that. Really good game for that. And I think it's relatively affordable. I think it's like 25 bucks or something. It's not too bad. Um, but yeah, so that was Earthfall. Um, 
We continue playing through Bloodborne, and Bloodborne's awesome. I just love that game so much. The more I play, the more I love, and I'm just going to leave it at that because we'll we'll talk much more about that game when I when I'm done beating it. Um, I watched I watched the latest um, anime or first half of the anime um, in the Fate series. I think it's called Fate Last Encore, and it's weird, guys. Uh, I I have watched all of the fates, the Fate Stay Night, uh, the Fate Unlimited Blade Works, the Fate Apocrypha, and uh, and I have I've now started to watch this Fate Lost Last Encore, and it's weird, guys. It's a really it's a really weird one. They are kind of I feel like they're kind of reaching on this one. Um, the animation's still good. The characters are still interesting to a some bit. There's some repeat characters from from uh, I think the original Fate Stay Night, which was good. Uh, but it's definitely weird guys. It's weird. I'll say that you can go ahead and watch it for yourself. It's not like a waste of time to watch, but it's definitely like a mind bender at points and not because it's not because it's really difficult to understand, but just because they, they, uh, kind of direct the show and some of the episodes in such a way where they kind of feel like they're deliberately trying to be confusing when it's actually very straightforward what's going on. So I don't know. It's kind of weird, but, but check it out. I'm trying to think if we've if I've watched anything else. I'm trying to think if I watched anything with the wife. No, I don't think we have. We are we're just we have been prepping. Oh, so this is kind of life. This is kind of life stuff too. Uh, we've been prepping. We've been prepping for vacation. So uh, I should probably should have said this in the beginning. I'll make sure to put this at the end for anybody that missed it. Um, I'm going to be on vacation starting. On Friday, I'm pulling out my calendar, uh, Friday the 20th, so this coming Friday, uh, through Saturday the 28th. I should, uh, and, and we'll see how how awesome I am at quoting myself, I should be back streaming on the 28th. So I should just be going from the 20th to the 27th, but we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see if I end up actually streaming on the 28th. I might just be pooped from travel, but... That's what I anticipate being back is the 28th. So guys, no streams from the 21st through the 27th uh, or for the, or from, from the 21st through the 26th, which is when I normally would stream. Uh, I am going to try and potentially record some podcasts. I'm going to try and, and do some um, Instagram stuff. I'm going to try and continue to do some tweeting here and there. And uh, every once in a while, pop in and do some, you know, pop into a stream or two if I can on mobile. We'll see how good the internet is out there. We'll see how good... Um, the, the, uh, you know, the, the time, (laughs) let's see how much time I get and how much isolation I'm able to pull off where I can actually maybe record something. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Cause most of it will probably be recording on my, on my phone, which may or may not go so well. I don't know. I guess there's lots of definite maybes going on in here. Um, but I'm definitely going to try to do these things. Uh, but if not, I might just be kind of radio silent. I'll still have my phone, but, uh, I don't, I don't know all of those things yet. So as soon as I know more then I will let you guys know, as soon as I'm down there, I'll kind of let you guys know what's going on, but I'm going to the Outer Banks in North Carolina uh, with my family and my in-laws for a week. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, it's my first time. My kids are going to see the beach. So that's always good. I need some R and R too, guys. I feel like I'm a little fried. I feel like I'm a little fried and not in a bad way. Like I've, I've, I still enjoy streaming. I just think like life in general with all the things I've got going on with work, with kids, with, you know, with stream, everything just kind of has me a little beat up and tired. And I think, uh, having a vacation where I'm not staying up super late, where I'm not obligated to be anywhere, where we can just kind of relax throughout the day, but hopefully get some, you know, good, good exercise in some good eats in some good sleeps in, I think will really go a long way to recharging my batteries. And I, I really look forward to it for that reason. So yes, there's that. Um, huh. Okay. So there's that piece, uh, rising tide, rising tide stream team. Um, the team has continued to do well. Uh, we didn't have a discussion topic this this past week. I am sorry about that. We kind of we kind of did, but we didn't. We ended up talking about partnership in the Cove, which is our main kind of general chat instead of the weekly discussion. Um, so I'm going to do my best to make sure that I put out a weekly discussion this week and that we have something to talk about through the vacation. And I might have something you know that I dream up in my back pocket for when I'm on vacation for us to talk about too. Um, 
but yes, so those are those are things that are going to be happening. I'm not going to dive too much into the Rising Tide. We do have some new members. Um, we do have some members that have propped up between over the last week, uh, and we do have uh, and just a lot of really good support still around the team, and I really appreciate you guys for that. Um, you guys have been spreading the word uh, about the team. You guys have been spreading the word about the channel, and I, I can't thank you enough for continuing to do that, especially what you guys do when you kind of tag me on things in social media, when you... Uh, you know, blast out the stream or when you tell people to come visit and they actually do because at least once or twice a week I get somebody that says, hey, so-and-so told me I needed to come over and check you out. And I'm just very appreciative of all of those efforts that you guys make uh, for for this for me personally with the stream and for the team and for each other's teammates. I see a lot of, um, you know, tweeting going around and a lot of, of trying to help each other get to milestones. And all of those things are phenomenal ways to to develop and continue to maintain the positive awesome community that we have around the rising tide so again i just thank you guys very 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 much uh, from the bottom of my heart for doing those things Whew. okay uh let's see so then that brings us to stream topic to stream topic and stream topic this week um is already almost a little old news but i wanted to make sure that i dedicated i had a dedicated talk to it as part of tide talk uh, Mixer this this past week, and I'll call it this past week, has changed their partnership requirements, which I think are going to affect on the 24th. Don't quote me on these dates, but I, I that's what I'm pulling from my memory. Um, and basically, what it what it means is that um, is is that the requirements that have been kind of put out there right now, uh, which are um, you know a few thousand follows and uh, and 50 concurrent viewers, and all of these types of things, they have completely shaken that up. I think it was 700 follows and 50 concurrent viewers uh, is was the, the latest round of partner requirements. But the big thing that has been a point of contention for a lot of people is the concurrent viewership. And there's reasons for that. So people people will, will do a couple things. One, they will, will criticize the partnership program in general or, or being having to be a partner or anybody that gets partnered if they don't meet those requirements, right? They won't, they don't meet the concurrent viewership requirement, which is 50, which a lot of people don't, right? There's a very small percentage of the overall number of people that stream that actually get over 50 concurrence on the site. Uh, I routinely don't hit 50 concurrence on the site and I have no problem admitting that there have been months where that has not been a problem. And then there have some months where that gets a little slower, uh, but I'm usually somewhere in the 30 to 60 range, depending on the game that I'm playing and depending on, uh, you know, how, how the momentum for the stream is kind of going. And that is true. Yeah, those things are, those things are very real. Momentum is a, is a real deal. I'm scared <laughs> going on vacation that we're going to lose a lot of momentum, uh, that we've built up. But at the same time, like that's life. You can't, you can't just stop life for your stream. You have to put your priorities in order, right? Anyway, so so there's a lot of things around concurrence though, right? It's like if if the only types of streams that are getting 50 concurrent viewers are the most viewed games on your platform, then you're going to get a lot of partners that are playing the most popular games on your platform. And while that sounds like it makes sense, it doesn't do a lot to advocate for diversity within your content. It doesn't do a lot to... Uh, be understanding of the fact that different types of content have different types of viewership on the platform, right? Mixer is still not yet Twitch, right? Twitch has has these uh, pockets of different game types and different types of streams and different variety casters that are able to maintain excellent viewership no matter what they play because they've been there a long time and they've invested and Twitch has the audience to be able to feed those types of, of content creators. Twitch also has enough viewers, period, to where even if you're playing an off-the-wall game, there's still a chance that you could get a few hundred viewers if you're playing something that's, you know, not the most popular because they have enough viewership to do so. While Mixer is gaining viewership daily, uh, and and they just released stats again that, like, we doubled our, our overall concurrent viewership over the past six months again to where there's, there's just a ton of users on the site all the time now. And that's translating into more viewership for sure, but not necessarily translating into viewership on niche games, right? It's not it's not translating into viewership for, 
you know, a lot of the Nintendo audience or a lot of PlayStation heavy games or a lot of um, RPG titles or creative content or some of these other things, some of these other areas that have really awesome creators behind them that don't do that. So Mixer, realizing this, has has tried to take a more uh, pragmatic approach to how they want to to have partners as part of the platform. And so they came out with a new set of requirements. And the new requirements basically state that if you have uh, 2,000 followers and you have been on the platform for two months, then um, you can apply to become a partner. And I'm, I'm actually, before I eat my... Before I eat all the crow, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, um, and make sure that I go to the partner thing and just make sure yes so 2000 followers two months uh, you have to stream 12 days or more per month and for a total of 25 hours or more per month and and those are your metrics those are your your quantitative metrics that you have to now hit to be able to stream and we'll talk about my thoughts on these a little bit in a little bit but those are what you have to hit uh, and then they basically go on to say that that is what you need to to apply however uh, they're going to be doing a lot of qualitative evaluation, which Mixer has has always done, right? They always have a human being review your your content and your account and make a decision on whether or not they want to you to be a partner or whether whether or not they want to partner with you. right? And so they said that in, in addition to you know the metrics, candidates are going to be viewed uh, personally and consider things like professionalism, uniqueness, and community building because those are things that we really want to promote on the platform. and so that's what they are, are hoping to get a lot of partners on. And they said they are also going to still review average concurrent users, uh, but they're going to use averages that are based on the content you stream instead of applying one number to everything. And, um, you know, that, that so basically they're using it as a metric that they're not disclosing that basically can be free-flowing in the background to where as the site grows, and, and this isn't them telling me things that I don't know. I'm speculating when I say this, but I speculate that the reason they do that is so that as the site grows and these these niches grow and these other parts kind of grow, then they don't have to constantly put out a new number. Oh, well, if you're a variety streamer, you need to have 30 plus. Oh, if you're a you know a, a you know battle royale streamer of a popular battle royale game, then you need to have 50 plus. If you're you know somebody that's a creative streamer, you need to have 20 plus. Right? They don't have to maintain all these different numbers. They can just base it off of what the average viewership that they are looking for around that genre is at the time based off of hopefully their metrics on the back end and make decisions. Um, and, and so I think that that's, I think that that's overall a good thing. I still think it's, um, an interesting thing. So as I've talked about all of these things, I I'm hoping that I have painted this in a picture to where I'm, I'm letting you know that overall as a decision, of the platform, I believe in this. I believe that this is a good, a step in the right direction towards making sure that the platform continues to be represented by all types of content creators and makes all creators feel like they have the ability to be partnered with Mixer. Now, I'm going to go in, into to a couple, a couple other kind of uh, points about partnership. One, partnership is is a special thing. It, it is not just a sub button. And I, I really want to make sure that I stress this to you. Partnership is a business move, but it is not solely about monetizing your content. And I feel like that is a huge misconception between newer people that, that are looking at streaming with people that don't understand streaming and kind of see the models uh, and even some people that have been established but are, are not yet partners. As someone who has been partnered with Mixer for over a year and who had some of those same preconceived notions going into partnership, even though I, that's not why I wanted to partner with Mixer, what I can tell you is it is vastly more than a sub button. If you would like to monetize the content on your channel, there are a myriad of ways to do so. There, you you can use third-party services. You can employ tips. Um, you can you can set up Patreon accounts. Or you have subscription models. There's other third parties that allow you to do subscription models that are more game-focused. Um, there's lots of ways that you can raise money around your stream. 
that do not have to do with uh, a subscription model or just having a sub button. And being a partner is far more than just the sub button. Being a partner is, is, a, is basically stating that you've reached an agreement with a platform that you are someone that they would like to have you represent their platform. It's also a level of influence that should open some doors for you to be able to talk with various businesses in the industry and developers in the industry to help promote your channels with their products or their games to the masses. And there are lots of perks that have to go with being a partner. Uh, I'm, I'm not just a mixer partner. I'm also partnered with XSplit. I'm also now partnered with Gamersubs. I'm also partnered with Humble Bundle. I'm also partnered with Discord. There are perks to all of these things of being a partner. But part of that is that they are somewhat exclusive clubs that once you become a partner, then those doors open up to you, right? By saying I'm, you know, an XSplit elite member, it basically means that my channel has, has, you know, reached a certain level to where now I'm partnering with XSplit and I get certain opportunities to stream games through XSplit, uh, or I have gotten stream equipment, right? XSplit partnered with Elgato to promote the stream deck when it launched. And I was given a free stream deck to help promote because they were, were trying to, again, promote the influence of the brand on Mixer uh, and, and get that. So there's, there's various things that come along with partnership and along with those perks, they typically are perks because there's a limited subset or limited group of people that are working to then, then actively promote the brand and those products. So that being that 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 said, right? Um, feel as if there has been this continually blurred line between what a partner is and what monetizing your channel means. So um, again, that's that's kind of my view on partnership. When we look over at what other brands have done in terms of helping channels monetize, like Twitch did with the affiliate program, we can see the impacts that it has of, of giving everybody a sub button. And I do mean everybody, um, because most of the time, if you're, <laughs> I shouldn't say everybody, because it's not everyone. Most people on Twitch are able to get an affiliate, um, get to get the affiliate status. And wh whether that's good, bad, and different, we'll leave for a different conversation. My personal opinion is that while it's nice that you are able to have a widespread variety of, of people in various channel sizes now able to monetize their content officially through the platform, I think that it vastly helps Twitch more than it helps those content creators. And we'll leave it at that. So why do I even bring that up, you ask? Why do I even bring that up? I bring that up because from a Twitch partner perspective, from all of the partners that I have talked to, and if you go back and listen to the Boom in the Night cast uh, that Boom and I will re-interviewed Angry, he can kind of give you a, a Twitch partner's perspective on the affiliate program as well. The affiliate program, uh, more more or less, and and this is what you, you can take this for what you will, but it more or less hurts your partners from a monetization standpoint, uh, but it also didn't strengthen the, the monetization um, prowess of affiliates um, in, in a really meaningful way, right? There are some channels, I think, that, that, that were at a place to where being an affiliate, if it was a more selective process or if it was a more... Um, if it was was further along in your stream journey than you getting, you know, three streams a month and a couple hours and, you know, and and having a couple follows, you know, that that it would have meant something. It may have been something similar to partnership where that could have opened doors for for some of these people to say, hey, I'm not a Twitch partner yet, but I am a Twitch affiliate, which means that my channel has gotten to a certain size now to where I'm able to do that. Uh, and I'm able to do this, this, and that, and the other, and maybe could have could have made been the stepping stone to partnership. Instead, Twitch kind of made it to where if you're streaming consistently on their platform at all, you really are going to get affiliate, and and now you have all these options. So you've basically vastly in. Um, you have basically this giant pool of affiliates that can mean anything from I have three concurrent viewers all the way up to where I could have 60 to 70 to 80 concurrent viewers or more 
and I'm just not a Twitch partner yet. That's a that's a really big segment to have to manage um, from expect from an expectation perspective. Again, why do I bring this up? I bring this up because while I feel like the the mixer partnership um, direction is a fantastic one, I feel like they have made the requirements too low. I feel like if the goal is to promote our community better, is to to look at people that have professionalism, uniqueness, and focus on community building, but then we say they need to have 2,000 followers and two plus months on the platform, I feel like there's there's a little bit of a disconnect there when, when it comes to those base metrics. I would love to see a potentially four to six month uh, time period for account age, right? Um, of being an active content creator on the platform before you can apply for a partnership because that would give you plenty of time to see how it is that they've integrated themselves into the platform, uh, what kind of community they've built for themselves, how they've continued to grow instead of a, a real quick snapshot and then trying to make a split decision because you know that if people can apply for partner, they will. And that's not their fault. They're, they want it. It's something that people want. I wanted it when I was on the platform. My goal was to get partnered as soon as possible, right? Like, not hiding it. It's not, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad thing that people wanted. It's just a way that it's, it's something that, that you have to manage expectations as a platform just to what these partners are going to mean. Anyway, so, you know, there you go. Um, I think that there, there needs to be some, some more stuff around that. And, and I would hope, and even though, like, again, we talked about concurrent viewership is a part of the process, but it's not a public part of the process. I would hope that, from a concurrent viewership perspective, that there would be some type of, of bare minimum, right? If you're going to say that, that, you know, we're going to take concurrent viewership into account, but we're not going to tell you what that is. We're just going to base that off of, of your category. I think that that opens up um, a, an area of potential concern for myself and other partners that I have talked to, and even other even other streamers that I've talked to, that there could be a massive. I'm just going to put it plainly: there could be a massive flood of partners that meet whatever criteria it is that that is behind the scenes. My fear that it it, it would be too low, based off of what these initial numbers are. I feel like it would be too low a concurrent viewer number, and that would. Uh, overall cheapen the partnership program and cost existing partners opportunities as well as future partners opportunities um, that again, by ultimately devaluing the partnership program as a whole as being a place to where when you attain partnership, things are supposed to be, things are going to be able to open up for you. And I, I think whether I'm right, wrong or indifferent, that's my fear, right? I, I've seen as I preface for you, what happened with affiliates. I know how people have a misconception about what being a partner is, right? Uh, around it just being the sub button and nothing more. And then I see the requirements of two months and 2,000 followers, which, you know, it, it can can be a, a, a very big grind for certain people. Um, and and it, was, it was a grind for me when I first did it, especially, you know, as a variety streamer. I'm still a variety streamer, right? Like getting 2,000 follows is not necessarily the easiest thing to do. But given the relative size of other channels and other partners on the platform, I think that my my assertion of of five thousand plus follows in in four to six months is not something that would be unreasonable for people to need to work towards for them to become a partner. Um, I would also though tack on to that a minimum of of twenty or thirty concurrent viewers. A minimum, right? Uh, the reason I say that is because when I was partnered way back when the requirements were 300 follows and 30 concurrent viewers, we didn't have battle Royale games. We didn't have, uh, you know, we didn't have PUBG. We didn't have Fortnite. Um, the platform was less popular. We were not yet integrated with Xbox where a lot of the viewership comes from now. Uh, we did not have the, the, uh, promotion that happens on the internet now and especially on social media. And when it comes to Mixer, because uh, it was Beam back then, and they really didn't promote Beam a whole lot. It was really more of a grassroots kind of promotion. There wasn't a whole lot of acquisition going on there. And I did. I hit 30 concurrent viewers 
at, at least at one point during my stream, I carried an average of probably between 25 and 30 to 30 plus every single stream. Which tells you how how difficult again it is a road from a for a content creator for a variety content creator. Where as times I'm able to get up into the 50s and 60s, there's lots of times where I'm still, you know, in the high 30s to 40s, and that's you know over a year later as a partner. So there's there's definitely a grind there. But I I think that it would be a reasonable expectation to have to have someone hit 25 to 30 concurrence no matter what it is that you're doing, because that shows that you have matured enough and you've built your community around you enough to where you now have a consistent following. Um, I, I feel like that that even though we're on the low end of that spectrum, when you look at the greater spectrum of all content creators, I think for Mixer, that's still a great target to hit. And I think that if we can continue to do that, then my fear that there would be a very large influx of partners and then that might potentially uh, cheapen some of the opportunities that we have or cheapen kind of the status of a mixer partner would would be kind of abated and sated and we can kind of put them back in the in the box of oh, nighttime you're just being silly and you're overthinking things because you're an analyst and and that's fine and maybe I am maybe I am guys I don't know I, I kind of want to put it I'm putting it out there because I want to I want to make sure that I'm at least voicing this opinion and putting it out in the world, not to be a naysayer, not to be a detractor from the from the fact that Mixer is taking a very bold move in the industry and is basing things off of quality and, and community as opposed to just numbers. But I want to make sure that I'm also business inclined and business minded enough to realize that numbers are still a part of the equation. And even when I talked with you know, GamerSups recently, you know, my concurrent viewership was absolutely something that came into play and was part of our talks when, when we were talking whether or not that they wanted to take me on as a partner, right? Or, or as a potential, you know, be, be a potential sponsor of me and my channel because I, I was admittedly on the smaller end of their size, right? But given the fact that I was a mixer partner, given the fact that I have, you know, the XSplit partner and, and kind of all these other notches under my belt, and, and the fact that we had a good conversation, I'd like to think that was part of the equation that factored into them allowing me to be a partner to whereas if, if I would go up and say I'm a mixer partner and maybe that gets me some consideration. If I go in there and I say that I have, you know, 10 concurrent viewers, I don't know if they're going to play ball with 10 concurrent viewers and it would, it would break my heart and I don't mean that in a patronizing way, but it would break my heart for someone to to get that that high of saying, yeah, you're a mixer partner and that means something. And you go out and the first person you talk to, they look at your channel and they see that you have 10 concurrent viewers on average and they're like, you know, we're really looking to work with channels that have a little bit more concurrent viewership. Come back and talk to us then. But you're like, but I'm a mixer partner. Like I have the ability to be featured on the Xbox dashboard. I have the ability to be featured on the homepage. I have the ability to be featured on, on all of these things as part of being a partner. And they're like, yeah, that's great. But you know, your concurrent viewership, we're still looking uh, to, to work with people that have a little bit more concurrent viewership. Like that would, that would, that is just not a good scenario for anyone. Right? It's just not a good scenario for anyone to have to go through that and to have to, to be through that. Um, you know, and, and from a, a time discussion, from a from a personal kind of journey, right? I spent six months on Twitch and then kind of started over on, on Beam um, after then and spent another five months, six months before I was partnered. So again, I, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm being unreasonable in in trying to understand as a content creator and, and help people to understand that becoming a, a solid content creator is about consistency. Proving that consistency over a couple months isn't necessarily that hard. Proving that consistency over six months to a year grows more difficult. That's when you start to see a lot of people drop off. They they lose commitment. They are not seeing the growth that they expected to see, or they're seeing that it's harder, or they get hit with things that compete with their stream, and it kind of tests their dedication to be able to do that, right? And I feel like as a platform, as a business, you would want to make sure that you're partnering with people that have been able to demonstrate a consistency that they are going to stream and create content for you and to promote you um, in a positive light and have positive outcomes with you uh, as a platform. And, and I just feel like the requirements right now are a little too low, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I, I have no doubt that there is going to be a ginormous flood 
of applications <laughs> to the uh, to the partnership team uh, after after this uh, update. I think I think I, what's the day? I think they they definitely call out the day. Yeah, July twenty fourth. I was right. So July twenty fourth. So after July twenty fourth, uh, I give no doubt that there's going to be a ginormous uh, influx of partnership apps for them to review. Uh, and I just I hope that there's somewhat of a call from a quantitative standpoint to maintain a certain level of viewership, no matter what it is that that games that we are playing, to make sure that there's correct expectations of of still a correct expectation as to you know being a partner means that you have to have developed a following, it means you need to have developed a community, it means you have to develop yourself as your own professional, as your own content creator, as your own uh, you know community builder before it is that you're going to engage with other people. It's it's kind of that whole thing, like you, you have to love yourself before you can love other people. Well, you kind of have to know yourself as a content creator before you're really ready to interface with other people. And and that should hopefully help you to make better decisions, to be able to prove and to be able to talk to more things when you're putting together a partnership app than, than just a, hi, my name is Nightside and I kind of want to be a partner. Uh, that's great. Why? Uh, well, because I meet the minimum requirements, and I think it would be really cool to get a sub button. And I, I guys, and I don't mean to to feel like that. I know that sounds patronizing to some of you, and I, and I don't mean to, because there's a lot of people that again are are at those kind of terms that that may be around those things that are not that way, that have put in the time, that have put in the effort, have put in the energy, put in the consistency. And I wish you all the best of luck. And I would love to see a lot of a lot of people that I know that are going to qualify for these requirements become partners because I feel like they have definitely earned it. That said, it doesn't change my view in terms of my fear. Um, but it also doesn't change my view in the fact that if you're someone that's brand new to streaming and you have streamed for two months and and you hit 2,000 followers because you're playing something um, you know, that's getting a little bit more traction and you are literally two months into streaming <laughs> and all of a sudden you're a partner, that's, a, that's an overwhelming set of circumstances for you. Um, you know, especially if it's a scenario where, you know, maybe you're still in school and I'm not trying to say, you know, high school, I'm saying high school, college, whatever, and you aren't doing anything for the summer. So you're able to dedicate a lot of time and all of a sudden school kicks up and now you're a partner and what do you prioritize, right? How do you adjust your schedule? Do you prioritize school or do you prioritize your stream? You know, you're proud of your stream. You put a lot of work into your stream and now all of a sudden you've got competing priorities and how does that affect you? Well, it might mean that you stream less. It might mean you stream at different times. And then that community that you built over those summer months all of a sudden starts to change and maybe doesn't show up as consistently. And I've seen it happen a lot to where people become partners and they lose support because part of what people enjoy is seeing people grow and reach milestones. And if you've reached that partnership level, sometimes people say that was really great and they find somebody else to watch and, and to help grow and to want to do those things because as a viewer, that's something that is exciting for them to see. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it, it does happen, right? There's a, there's a realization where there's the, the partnership blues and you have to figure out how to deal with that. So I don't know. There's, there's just lots of scenarios and things that come up. I just want to see that people are mature enough to handle um, those different scenarios and understand that just because you're a partner doesn't mean that everything is rosy. It means that that's, I don't want to say that's where the real work begins either because that, that belittles all the work you've done up to that point. But there's a, there's a different level. It's a different type of work that you're putting in when you become a partner. Um, the things that you do mean more. The things that you say mean more. Um, the The way that you conduct yourself means more. The way that you have to continually work to approach your community means more. There's just, it's a different type of experience when you're streaming. There's a, there's a, a freedom when you're not a partner to not have to worry as much about, am I hitting, am I hitting certain metrics? Am I growing appropriately? Those might things that might be things that you want to happen before you're a partner, but there's no pressure to make them happen other than the pressure you put on yourself. A lot of streamers I have seen when they get partnered all of a sudden feel that pressure that now that there's stuff that's that's telling me, wow, I'm a mixer partner. I have to conduct myself a certain way. I have to you know, reach a certain viewership per night. And I would be a liar if I told you that I didn't have those same things. I absolutely do. I want to be a good representative of the platform. I want to conduct myself in a way that, that sheds a positive light on, on my experience with the platform that hopefully makes you want to start streaming here and continue to ask me questions and, and love this community as much as I do. It would carry a different weight if I was not a partner. 
So I don't know, guys. I don't want. I I feel like I'm can, kind of rabbit holing right now, and and I've kind of already put my point out there is that it's um it's an interesting position that we find ourselves in. If you're someone that meets the the requirements, um, I I would encourage you to to um, be feel like you're ready as a creator before you apply to, to feel yourself out, to make sure that you know your content, to make sure that you are comfortable with your community, you understand your community and that you can, you can adequately communicate that to Mixer when you apply for partnership and, and really tell them like, this is who I am. This is the kind of content I create. This is how my community is. And this is why we love being on the platform. If you can't answer all those questions with, with a, a certain, you know, high level of detail, then you probably need to think about that some more. I would also urge you to where if you don't have somewhere in the area of, of, of at least 20 people that are coming to your streams, you know, uh, you know, no matter what your plan, I would, I would seriously think about that before applying. I would, I would take some more time to, to figure out how it is that you can make your content engaging and make your community to continue to grow so that you're getting to more stable levels of viewership, no matter what you're playing or, or within your current click before you apply. Uh, because again, even, even back before all of this, this craze and all this viewership and all these people were here, you know, we were still as partners expected to hit 20 to 30. And I trust Mixer a lot. And I feel like I don't, I don't feel like they're going to start partnering a ton of people that have extremely low viewership. So if you're somebody that's at 10, 15, I don't necessarily think that that is going to be a place where they're going to partner you. Now, again, I could be completely wrong and it doesn't hurt you to put an app in and I don't want to discourage that if that's what you want to do. I'm just trying to give you guidance from someone that's been through this and kind of what I had to go through and kind of how I view this uh, and hopefully to instill... Again, just the thought process that you take partnership a little bit more seriously than just a sub button, that you understand um, what that partnership means and what it means to me as someone who's a current partner and wants to continue to see my my own existing partnership um, held to a certain standard and to have you as a new partner or as a potential new partner to be able to have the same types of, of uh, opportunities that I was able to be able to be given uh, as a mixer partner, because you have achieved that kind of a uh, that kind of level with your content. But yeah, that's it, guys. That's all I got. And we're because we're gonna pretty much stop this and go start streaming. So uh, some big exciting news, guys. The Tide Talk is now on Spotify. That is where I'm going to be pimping the stream from now on because it's available on every single platform that you can possibly imagine. So please, guys, look up. Uh, the Night Tide Podcast. I know it's called. I know we call it Tide Talk, but it's it'll be under the Night Tide Podcast on Spotify. Please make sure you go and follow it there. Download the app. Do it. You can listen for free. There's a lot more features on it. You can search through. So if you've already listened to some of it, you can go back and kind of skip ahead without having to, you know, hit the plus fifteen second button a million times because these are long on long podcasts. Um, but yeah, so go Spotify. If you don't follow me on Mixer, Mixer.com/slash/NightTide at Nighttide on Twitter, at Nighttide on Instagram, all the fun things. And I will talk to you guys, uh, hopefully from my vacation. And I can talk to you just about vacation next week on Tide Talk. Love your faces, guys. I'll see you in a little bit. Bye-bye.